0: Hello and welcome to the Word on Wellbeing, Meridian Wellbeing Nightly podcast where we discuss everything going on in the world of mental health, well-being, health, universal life and everything going on in between. Today I've got two fantastic guests with me uh, to talk about uh, health and well-being and uh, very importantly the uh, COVID vaccines. Um, Dr Tamara Jurefik, who is the uh, Director of Public Health and Prevention at Barnet Council.
1: Good afternoon Chris uh, and thanks for uh, inviting me today.
0: You're very welcome. And my other guest is uh, Rory Cooper, who is the Health and Social Care Manager for Community Barnet. So, good afternoon, Rory. Uh,
2: thanks very much, Chris. Great to be here. Cheers.
0: You're very welcome. So, really appreciate it, both of you giving uh, giving up the time. Uh, but I think you know the, the topic is is so so important. Um, you know, we've all, for uh, one one way or another, we've all really been impacted by the last year. Some people a lot more than others, uh, but certainly it's touched touched upon all of our lives and you know it's great to see and learn a bit more about the kind of the great work that um Barlet council public health and um, you know the other kind of um, you know uh, organizations within the, the borough have been doing to support the residents so i think if we sort of be- begin very quickly um Tamara, could you tell me uh, what is actually what is public health what what does that kind of what as an organization is your responsibility
1: So what we're trying to do is to help people to live longer and healthier life uh, and prevent any potential illnesses with fight with uh, illnesses, especially long-term illnesses such as uh, cardiovascular disease, uh, diabetes, cancer, and now lately certainly with uh, COVID-19 infection, uh, in order to prevent people getting ill in the first place. And if they uh, do get ill, to kind of... uh, try to lead a lead as healthy life as possible to stay healthy as longer as possible.
0: Fantastic. So obviously that's, I mean, there's so many things there. I can imagine how complicated your, your role in your, you know, and your, your organisation's work is. But have things changed over the, over the last year? You know, with COVID, um, I mean, at least kind of within the UK, the idea of a kind of global pandemic is not something, uh, as far as I'm aware, I'm not an expert, we've really considered much. So I would imagine your day-to-day work and and how you kind of go about supporting residents has changed. Is that true?
1: Yeah, it's been uh, one of the most challenging years in in my career life, actually 18 months to be precise. Uh, This is not the first pandemic. Uh, I have also led on the H1N1 uh, in 2009 and certainly we had HIV pandemic, uh, which almost is forgotten that it was a pandemic at some time. So uh, it required completely different sort of a um, approach in terms of the pace of uh, uh, change and, and and bringing everyone together uh, within the team and also across the council and across the borough uh, to work towards the same outcome, which was really to prevent infection and save lives. So um, Yes, my, my working uh, day has been like 15 hours uh, since January 2020 uh, and uh, has been that like seven days a week. It starts to get a little bit better lately but what we have done is um, we, we receive all the uh, information about people who are infected and um, you know, we uh, have uh, looked at those information and try to uh, target specific areas where we know where we know there is a higher infection rate uh, with public health campaigns and messages. Uh, we certainly have done uh, quite a lot in terms of the uh, enforcement as 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 the council uh, and and supporting small and medium businesses with compliance. We've done quite a lot of work with places of worship, make sure that they stay COVID secure. Uh, care homes in the first wave they've they've been hit really really hard, so we've been supporting care homes and and schools. Uh, as well and now we're moving into the different phase of uh promoting uh vaccination which is actually probably the only way out of the pandemic.
0: Well, of course I mean uh, there's so much there I think that would be really interesting to unpack but I mean one of the things that you you sort of touched upon was the the um you, you know your kind of experiences your day-to-day uh kind of you know what it's been like for you and I think that's so key because in so many situations often we forget that you know there are real people who are you know in government in the civil service in you know big businesses who are going about and making things run um and at the end of the day you know these organizations you know the government for example when they're bringing out uh, whether it's regulations or laws or kind of policies to try and uh, support particularly in very difficult situations you know you you know it, it's coming from a very human place where you're trying to make things better Um, And it's, you know, it's really great to, you know, clearly you've got a real kind of passion for what you do. And the fact you've been working, you know, such long hours each day. I mean, I hope you've been finding some time to kind of relax and kind of take your own, you know, uh, look after your own well-being because, uh, you know, that is so key. I mean, uh, I I completely see how when you, you know, when you're in a role like your own and when you're in an organisation like Public Health, you probably feel in some ways that the the world or at least the borough is on your shoulders and you're holding it up. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting to get, get a bit of insight into that, because, so, you know, obviously, um, you know, we have as a, uh, you know, as, as kind of phases go or whatever you want to call it, or, you know, we've kind of moved from, you know, uh, from the lockdowns to the pandemic being quite, uh, quite rampant across the UK. And you know, thanks to, as you said, thanks to the vaccination program, you know things are becoming more under control and things are beginning to unlock. But I imagine that kind of presents new challenges as individuals and communities start to kind of get used to, uh, not to kind of uh, you know to touch wood, but not to preempt things, but the kind of new, new normal. So, um, how is kind of public health preparing residents for what comes next?
1: So so the next phase uh, is really uh, we have been uh, obviously uh, in a a new normal for for a year now and we've had three lockdowns and uh, what we were waiting uh, really is the vaccination. So now that we have a vaccination, we can start thinking about how we go back and and recover uh, some of the functions and some of the services that we haven't potentially had in place beforehand and how we do that safely but it's also how do we recover economy and how do we improve people's mental health and well-being which really did deteriorate during the pandemic in 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 many cases Uh, in in barnet we uh have a number of uh of things in place and uh government asked us to uh publish something called local outbreak uh, management plan so every borough has a local outbreak management plan and it has a different section as to uh, what what the next phase uh, would look like. So certainly vaccination is the one making sure the uptake uh, is good. But in Barnet we've been quite lucky. Uh, it's uh, best uptake in North Central London. It's over 85 to 90% in most of the areas. Uh, we have few places where we still have a little bit higher infection and a lower uptake. So the focus would be on uh, supporting communities and people in those particular areas, working with the NHS very closely to make sure that people get vaccinated, talking to people to understand what the concerns are, trying to reassure and provide scientific evidence and access to vaccination if if current access is not what is is needed, if you like. Uh, And then certainly still promoting messages, although we have some now emerging evidence that vaccination does reduce transmission. We still have to be careful uh, in the next phase, in the next couple of months where we gather the more evidence. Um, And there are a number of pilots across the country, as you might be aware, uh, looking into special events and people going in with masks, without masks, all the different scenarios. Once we have evidence from all these pilots, we'll be able to uh, maybe change the policy. But at the moment, it's still keeping a distance, uh, uh, keeping a face covering when you're out and about and uh, being outside.
0: No, of course. I mean, of course. I mean, uh, yes, I mean, there was the um, nightclub uh, sort of pilot, uh, I think it was a couple of days ago, Uh, you know, looking at pictures of that, it made me feel incredibly old and how it just sort of looking at it made me feel tired. Maybe that's just me, but I think my days of going, I don't think my days of clubs or wherever really kind of. It's a very short, very short space of time, but uh, yeah, so certainly, I, I, you know, I can really kind of see what you're saying. That I suppose that kind of links to what we're going to come on to with uh, with Rory, because obviously, Rory, uh, as a uh, COVID health champion, part of your role is to kind of to speak to uh, to residents, to speak to those communities, and you know, provide them with that kind of reassurance and provide them with that information. So, Rory, can you are you able to kind of give us a bit of a, a bit of insight about um, you know your experience as a health champion? I mean, we've we've had uh, we. Last week, we had uh, Izzy Ford, who's the uh, the project manager uh, for the COVID Health Champion Project. And she gave a you know, really, really passionate, fantastic, um, you know, some uh, insight about, about the project from that kind of big picture. It's re- it'd be really interesting to kind of learn a bit about what it's been like to you on the ground.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I've been, uh, I was delighted when um, uh, COVID Health Champions came along because I, I think it's just such a, a fantastic project. Um, I, I mean, as someone who um, uh, works with, Uh, on patient engagement anyway before the pandemic and then has done um uh, obviously worked at community level um during the pandemic i was really pleased that you've you've now got this sort of channel of communication between um uh between public health between um statutory services um, um and the wider public and so um it's, it's really helpful, I think, to see, first of all, I mean, I think you've touched upon how hard, how much work's been going on um, at public health and, and um, at, in the council. And actually, you get to see that, for example, and you get to see the sort of what they're thinking that's going on. And that's really helpful for um, the public and for patient patients. I mean, so... Uh, there's about there's 200, I think there's probably more now, 250 plus um, health champions um, throughout by And in, so amongst the health champions, you've got people like me who already do um, this sort of thing anyway, and who you know, I spend a lot of my time sort of um, sharing information about, about health and well being already. Um, and I'm, I'm delighted to be able to get all this fantastic new information and, and share that um, through my channels. I think the real strength of the health champions is um, is that there's, there's such a, a, a network of a really engaged, passionate um, local people who live on the ground, who many of whom volunteer with lots of different organisations, um, are already sort of quite engaged with um, their very local community or at sort of with um, Barnet or, or London-wide um, organisations, whatever, whether that's um, something really small, or many of them um, already sort of have this on there. But then equally, the health champions... Um, there's lots of people who uh, wouldn't haven't engaged at this sort of level before at all. It's very new, but they just want to make sure they're getting the, the best sort of most useful information themselves and they can share that with their friends and family. And so you get a really good mix. You get people who are just gonna put that, you know, get get, you know, get some information from um from public so the great thing is that at health champions you know you you have um uh tamara and her team come and talk about um uh what, what's been going on what the figures mean where the, the trends are that's again being that granular is very reassuring for health champions and, and it really means that they are then able to go out with confidence um and talk um really meaningfully about what they've heard um and then using these great resources that are being made by by izzy and sophie and the, the team at groundwork to um to help explain what's what's best now and what the guidance means um things like that so um that for, from my perspective it's, it's just fantastic and I, i'm really delighted to um to see it um happening during covid and i would hope that something like this can can carry on into the future because i think having those that that kind of open channel of communication is really useful for um, not just public health, and as a as a as a thing, as a sort of keeping people healthier, but just a, a, that that relationship between between services um, and and the
0: public. I, I completely agree, and I mean, I should probably say that I I, I am also a, a Barnet Health Champion, so I, I you know I, I've very similar experience to yourself. You know, the same reasons it sounds like that I got involved as well, and you know, it's been so great to kind of have access to you know really kind of you know solid. Um, information some fantastic kind of resources and graphics that can be used to you know to provide that kind of reassurance to to you know our services as our clients our communities you know at this very difficult time and it's a real kind of testament to the fantastic work as you said of Tamara and her team um that that you know this has been run out and i and i think i think you're also right that it provides a really great model perhaps moving forward that um you know that can be used to kind of help ensure that um, there is that two-way conversation um, you know, to kind of, you know, I think in some respects that uh, you know there are um, there there are always going to be kind of um, perhaps some people that you kind of really wish would be engaged more than they actually are. So finding that way that you can, you know, you can th- you can get that engagement, you can make them feel part of something, uh, you know, for their own benefit. Um, I think is really key, and you know, having those kind of that kind of grassroots insight, uh, you know, and that grassroots voice. Uh, and being able to feed that back to, you know, to public health and the council, I think could be really beneficial moving forward. So, no, I, I completely agree. Can I, ask can I so, come in? Uh, can oh, I come
1: pardon. in? Uh, first of all, uh, a, a big thank you to uh, all the champions, because uh, they've, they've, they, they actually bring the... Flavor of what the borough is all about and what's going on. Uh, the idea came uh, by the fact that we uh, we do go around, and, and I myself live in Barnet, so I've been up, uh, out and about and, and stopping people and asking why different behaviors happen at, at, at different times. But it certainly is a big borough, uh, one of the biggest in London, and it's a very diverse borough. And in order to get different views, different people uh, to inform our strategy policy and interventions um it was really really uh the only way to get actually that is to employ uh, uh volunteers across the borough uh to be our ears uh what they call ears and and uh what they say eyes and ears thank you to be our eyes and ears and and that has worked really really well it's two-way it's two way communication. Uh, we, we get to know what, what's happening on the ground and, and we feed back uh, scientific information. And what we're planning to do is, as we are just developing our health and wellbeing strategy and hoping to launch it in July uh, this year, uh, we would like to trans, trans, uh, not transform, but tran, tran, transfer um, this knowledge and, and, and this uh, fantastic asset to support uh, health and wellbeing strategy implementation.
0: that's fantastic you know I think you know without I mean I'm certainly not and I would never claim to be kind of an expert on health policy but you know policy uh, policy policy development is something I've got a bit of a background in and you know I think there has been occasions that a variety of organizations and this is this is this is across the board where there's been perhaps sometimes a bit of a top-down approach and I think having that kind of being able to kind of bounce ideas and kind of get that kind of um, get that kind of um, as you said that kind of checking checking what people are thinking you know um, running you know testing I think it's very very important um, and it's really great to see that you know that public health are really kind of taking the lead here with a very kind of positive and progressive and community driven I guess you know ultimately uh, approach to public health because it's so important you know.
2: Yeah it, I, I've worked in um, uh, patient engagement and worked for a Healthwatch Bionet before and everything and there's a lot of these days when you when you work with um uh, commissioners and service providers there's a lot of uh, great um talk about engagement and there is a gen, a really a, a real um willingness to do more of that but i think structurally a bigger organisations still don't quite manage it and whereas i think health champions has been a much more meaningful exercise so it it has been a real improvement completely
0: i mean and that's in no way a criticism at all of any organisation uh, you know things are uh, Things that, you know, when you're dealing with human beings, it's always difficult to try and develop policy. Um, But I think it's always good to kind of learn and reflect. And, you know, and I think sort of having in whatever way you can, having that kind of insight and having that communication, and again, making people feel part of something is a great way of kind of really, you know, um, driving change and trying kind of change for good. Um, And I think particularly kind of we've seen over the last year, if we really want people to, you know, kind of really feel that, you know, Kind of community sense of we're coming together to fight. Fighting is the wrong word, but to, you know to kind of to beat this to, to you know to save people's lives, to you know to save our communities, to save you know the, our economy. um You know, then people need to feel an investment in that, and I think it's really great to, that you know the health champions and you know kind of public health are, are, are kind of driving that, which is really great to see. And I think you know, I mean, something we'll kind of I guess we should kind of touch upon is one of the kind of key areas, at least in my mind, for the kind of uh, the health champions, and I imagine. Uh, probably a, a real concern for Tamara is, um, and your colleagues, of course, is uh, the amount of uh, the amount of kind of misunderstandings and, in some ways, misinformation that has spread over the last year about COVID, and then obviously subsequently with, with the vaccines. You know, I think we've all kind of had experiences of being sent messages about, oh, this will save you, or you should do this. And I, given that how. Prevalent that seems to be those experiences, and and I think we all are very aware of how quickly, particularly on social media and the internet, how quickly things can spread. Um, it's so important to have that direct connection between these are the facts, and this and it's getting straight out there to the people that need it. Um, I mean, I don't I don't suppose either of you could sort of perhaps talk in a kind of general term about your kind of experiences around that kind of um, with those kind of misconceptions and countering them. I mean, perhaps tomorrow I imagine that's been quite a concern for you.
1: Uh, yeah, so. Uh... So certainly social media revolution uh, and internet and access to information has its uh, pros and cons in, in in every certain way and, and for this uh, pandemic uh, certainly it was good to get access to information, accurate information but on the other hand at the same time you have a, a number of different misinformation <clears throat> and uh, people who post misinformation usually are trained in, in in doing those messages in a way that they are appealing to individuals, and maybe they even more uh, they they do the, this in in a better way than someone. Sometimes we do it with the actual correct scientific information. So um, so yes, it has been a concern, and um, it has been brought to us on numerous occasions. Champions have helped a lot uh, with uh, dispelling those myths. Uh, f- first of all feeding to us what they have heard. And there was a quite a prominent anti-vax group in Barnet as well. Um, so what we uh, needed to do is, is really, through the champions and, and through our media, communicate correct messages and just trying to explain to people as well uh, what sort of uh, resources they go to. To make sure that these are legitimate information we also have done a number of q a uh sessions with young people with just public uh where we just invited everyone who had any uh question uh, to ask and we would be with uh, a couple of gps and and public health team uh and some some interviews we also had our chief exec we were uh filing these questions and trying to uh understand the concern and at the same time provide the evidence so people can make Informed choices, and I think we've done uh, uh, pretty well, and that is obviously uh, evident in in our figures in terms of the uptake for the vaccination. But there are certain groups across the world uh, which we certainly need to get closer to than we are now.
0: Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And I mean, it's actually one of the reasons that uh, I, uh, sort of my colleagues at well Wellbeing, and I imagine probably not to speak for Rory, but I imagine in some ways himself and his colleagues as well became health champions because we had, you know, we had, um, you know, some of our service users, some of uh, the individuals that we support or work with, are, you know, asking questions about vaccinations, you know, um, kind of talking about some of the concerns about things they've seen. And we don't necessarily have that information to us, you know, to hand where we can say, oh, but actually, you know, this is fine. You know, so that, you know, for me, that's one of the reasons that I became a health champion to have that kind of direct, you know, that kind of solid intelligence from, you know, from from public health to say, you know, the vaccine is safe. It is fine. You know, I mean, I personally believe that anyway, but it, you know, when someone has, you know, you know, read various bits and pieces or, you know, felt that kind of pressure that all that concern, you know, we're dealing with something, you know, the pandemic, which uh, you're you completely right. There have been uh there have been kind of uh sort of spreads of disease over the last over the last kind of couple of decades. Um but a pandemic in this sort of sense is is quite unusual. I think
2: because so I think I mean vaccine hesitancy is something that isn't COVID specific, but obviously like like lots of things it's sort of revealed in. And, and so I mean there are a lot of um sort of the, this this sort of anti-vax phenomenon has been growing um. Sort of slightly behind the scenes for a few years, and um, and then uh, I think you know just because the vaccine's been so so successfully and quickly produced, it's uh, it's created mm-hmm. some extra anxieties. But I mean, there are and Barnet's doing very well actually in terms of um, uh, sort of persuading people and, and the uptake. Um, points to that as well. But there are always communities who were already a little bit um, less engaged with with health services. That, that will need a bit more um, reassurance, that then and, and that do need that extra bit of engagement work um, to sort of uh, persuade them. Because, because frankly, whatever you were trying to um, engage them on, um, whether it was COVID or something else, they would need that little, you know. And, and so there's, you know, there are bits of work that um, public health and and also the NHS do um, with lots of communities, um, you know, a year in, year out. And you do need that extra bit of um, that bit of work to persuade it. But yes, the what is fantastic is is that um, with the Health Champions you get that that sort of um, that's facts and figures um, and that that up to date information that means that you can have these really coherent conversations with your colleagues um, um, or with your um, people you know or, um, or with um, service users to to sort of back yourself up because we don't, because that's that's where a lot of us we yeah. think we get it but it's really good to have that extra extra bit of um, data. You're
0: yeah, completely right. Oh, sorry, tomorrow.
1: The other thing, uh, the other thing as well uh, was um, what this pandemic highlighted is that uh, one size doesn't fit all mm. and the NHS, the way it's, it's, it's structured, it's structured to have a systematic approach. Uh, whereas for vaccination, I think what we have done and we had flexibility to do this is organise these pop-ups clinics with our NHS colleagues. Uh, and our volunteering community sector colleagues uh, and the faith groups as well, which which has been absolutely fantastic. So uh, pop up, uh, we had a pop up in, in in Jesus uh, Christ House, we had a pop up in uh, refugee centre, uh, in in homelessness hub as well. Uh, and we had it in uh, Brand Cross Holiday in hotel where we had asylum seekers uh, being host, uh, hosted there. So um, once we do these pop ups, we use them also as the uh, sort of um, uh, promotional material. And then uh, when you see that uh, GPs and, and 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 professional colleagues come to those communities, uh, this is how you build the trust. This is how you start the conversations. And from there, other people would follow. So. I think this approach uh, going forward, not just for the vaccination, for, for the other things, is is something that is really really useful when we want to reduce health inequalities.
0: I, I completely agree. And I mean, you know, obviously, you know, to kind of go back to something Rory mentioned, you know, these the, the individuals and in the communities, you know, you know, it's not to criticise them for their hesitancy or for their yes. you know, for, for, for not engaging. It's about you know, as kind of. Um, health institutions or kind of policy makers, it's it's finding ways to engage you know to have those conversations um how have uh, the two of you um su- supported your well-being over the last year are there any kind of top tips obviously it's not to say that you know these these top tips will uh solve everybody's problems but is there anything that you kind of you've done in particular that you'd recommend for other people maybe trying
1: so shall i start uh rory so um as i said at the beginning it's been really really difficult and uh Prioritizing uh, my own health and well-being over the last 15 months has not been easy, I must admit. So, um, so I have been uh, at times exhausted. I have been uh, very cranky. I have been very irritable. And when I started noticing this, uh, what's really, really important is is to build in some time for uh, to recoup and 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 relax. And it hasn't been always easy. Uh, From the professional point of view, I've got a fantastic team and we support each other really well. And when we see each other's face not so happy on the teams, uh, I I see this Skype message just saying, how are you? And that's sometimes enough, just so so you know that people kind of connect and see how how you're feeling today. So uh, that support throughout the whole pandemic from the team has been absolutely fantastic. I I am a widow and I live with three teenagers and that hasn't been easy either. Uh, and they've uh, in lockdown uh, three times. So a uh, uh, first time they really loved it, not going to school. Uh, but but the second time they were kind of somewhere in between, and by the third time they were quite depressed, demotivated, and it's been really hard uh, to get them. So uh, them getting uh, back to school has been absolutely fantastic, but having this time together for at least you know uh, at least at meal time and try to talk and even if you don't talk that that's been fantastic and then lately as as the uh, working hours and work balances got a little bit better uh i i i, I go for walk uh, i've got a dog so walk twice a day and then yoga starting to go back to online still yoga and pilates and and to be perfectly honest, because of all the work stress, I have referred myself to um Barnett for some uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. So starting some sessions at the end of this uh, month and, and looking forward to it to just get a little bit uh, of support. Uh, and even if you are professional and you know all the things, sometimes it's the hardest bit is to apply it to yourself. So, getting little support when you think you need it, I think it's something that everyone should go for.
0: I completely agree. I, you know, I really appreciate your your candor and your honesty there, Tamara. You know, I and I I can completely get what you're coming through. You know, I I myself, you know, I myself that's terrible English. I've been, <laughs> you know, I I I've spoken to a counselor many points in my life, and I think it's sometimes the hardest step is making that first approach, and and also and that having, you know. I think in my own experiences, sometimes I felt in the past, uh, you know, uh, at least for me, that, you know, somehow I was kind of not being what I should be if I'm having to ask for help. And that's completely not true at all. And I would honestly never say that to another person. I would honestly say, be very proud of anyone else, you know, for, for asking for help. But for me, when I was younger, I, I often saw it as a bit of a weakness. But now I have that kind of that realization that actually, you know, it's a very strong thing to do. You know it's probably the strongest thing and the bravest thing we can do to ask for help and to say that you're not okay uh, and it is okay to say that you're not okay um and i would certainly say to anyone else and even myself now you know if you if you need to ask for help then please do there is always someone you know or an organization or or whoever around uh, that that can speak to you know that will be there to listen and to help you so thank you to our, i really you know i really appreciate um, your your, what you've just said so thank you for that um Rory uh anything you'd like to share
2: yeah well I mean um that was really interesting and I think um so but my first one is I leave I leave that I get out of my head I mean I mean because I mean I've um in much the same way the the summer was incredibly busy and very long days and everything and I was able to get, get back to normal in the autumn but um I think and I think um two things that um, both of you mentioned are uh taking taking note noticing how you're feeling and not sort of just being getting letting yourself get caught up in it is really important um and being kind to yourself and just being really you know giving yourself a break um as much as you can so for me um uh doing that sort of and just not being um uh, just as you say uh you know think about uh, speak to yourself the way you would speak to a close friend you know because we're often very hard on ourselves that's a, a really good a really good point but I mean for me yeah just get out of your head getting out of my head getting some fresh air um being out and about um find finding a dog to talk to always helps I, I'm very jealous of your of your dog um so uh yeah um and um uh to me um yeah connecting Eat, often when we're tired and exhausted and feeling angry or sorry for ourselves, or, or however kind we're being we often don't then reach out and and sort of just say oh I'm knackered or equally so how are you to someone else and often we're all many of us are feeling exactly the same and we all feel a lot better even if we just have a quick quick chat with each other so um yeah reaching out even when um and literally just a chat or a text or something like that but sort of keeping connected is is vital um, and you, you nearly never regret um sort of dropping that like, dropping that text or making that call so it's always worth um keeping connected with people
0: i completely agree no thank you for that Rory. i mean so true so true and taking that kind of you know taking that moment or whatever it is for ourselves as difficult as that is sometimes is so important you know obviously uh, so next week is as uh, as we mentioned at the beginning is mental health awareness week and the theme this year is nature and, you know that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go out into the woods and kind of get lost and find yourself but sometimes it's just taking a moment moment to look up at the sky you know we're part of nature our environment is part of nature as much as sometimes perhaps it's not uh, the best thing for the nature around us you know particularly if it's about bulldozing or knocking over some trees or whatever um but um you know sometimes just taking that moment to reflect and that kind of mindfulness can really kind of pull us out of uh, that um where we you know where we find ourselves sometimes and particularly when you know we've all had so much on our plate over the last year um, you know I, I i think it's you know taking taking a bit of time and a bit of self-kindness is, is you know would do us all a world of good right uh, so thank you very much uh Rory and tamara for uh, joining me today um are there any kind of are there any kind of key takeaways you'd like our listeners to have anything kind of um points that we could perhaps just sort of mention again to kind of really just make sure that that that, you know they're kind of standing out is there anything you'd like to share.
1: So it's been extremely difficult yeah or maybe 18 months for for the whole world, and uh, we uh, have experienced direct impact of COVID, but also indirect impact and people have lost their loved ones, uh, went through uh, grieving processes, uh, mental ill health is on rise, domestic violence is on rise, and uh, what is really important is to uh, stay safe in terms of COVID, uh, which is certainly getting a vaccination, that it's absolutely safe on the population level, and and wash your hands um, uh, keep the space and uh, ventilate the areas but on the wider points I think it's also really important to acknowledge that uh, people are experiencing different different problems and there in most cases there is a help out there so if you need help reach out for that help and and hopefully uh, help will be there
0: perfect thank you very much um, yeah I mean you know, really kind of great points to end on. You know, ask for help if you need it. There is always going to be health uh, help out there, uh, and obviously make sure you get vaccinated because vaccines save lives. So thank you very much. So I think that was uh, Dr. Tamara Juretic and Rory Cooper. Thank you so much both of you for joining me today. Uh, my name is Chris Hartley, and that was the word on wellbeing. Thank you very much. Goodbye.